Sue Ann, and good morning again, everybody. All right. Let's see. This morning, Children's Church, uh, Brother Ernie and Sister Lisa Robbins will have them. So 12 and under, go down for over for that. Children's Church. And uh, our hymn of invitation this morning will be 321. We'll sing uh, verses 1 and 4 of that for our invitation hymn this morning. Good looking group heading out. All right. Keep, keep rolling. certainly good to have everybody here today and and uh, good to be here with you it's always a privilege to share in God's word with you again if you're logging into Facebook or onto YouTube we want to make you uh, welcome to be with us as well and uh, it's always as I say a privilege to share in the Lord's word it's something that we sometimes I think take for granted if you look or kept up with the news any uh, at all in the past weeks, months, you see, as I do, one thing that's in common with all of the political parties and all of the movements, they have a plan going forward. They have a plan that, that takes their position from where it is to where they want it to be. God has always had that kind of a plan as well uh, for his followers that we would move forward uh, though sometimes we don't follow the plan so so very well, but he's always had a plan. Thank you. It's always been a rule that I never drink and preach at the same time, but today was an ex exception. So, <laughs> the past couple of weeks. As you know, the sermons that I've had, we've, I've really, my hope is that it's been a little motivating for us as believers. Uh, and I hope to do the same thing today. And I hope that when we leave here today that we have a clearer understanding of what the path forward for Christians are in today's world. Uh, because whether we want to realize it, acknowledge it, or even under, try to understand it, things are different today than they were uh, just a few short years ago. And I'm afraid that as we go forward into uh, our society continues to progress as it is, that for Christians things are going to be much different, unfortunately. Having said that, I want you to turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. We're going to look at three verses there just to kind of get our minds uh, set for this. 16 and 17 and over verse 26, Genesis chapter 1. Uh, going back to the beginning of things. Back to the beginning because there are so many attacks uh, on, on God's word and the truth of God's word. So many attacks that sometimes it's easy for people, and I'm not talking about people necessarily sitting in the, in the church pews this morning or those that are tuned in and watching or will watch later on, but as we continue to see attacks against the truths of God's word, then that continues to push people further and further away from the truth of God's word. In Genesis chapter 1, it's recorded in verse 16 and 17. And God made two great lights, the great light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And he made the stars also. 
And God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light upon the earth. Well, you know, we hear a lot of things going on today about climate change. Well, I want us to all understand, and I believe fully, and you'll never convince me personally otherwise, the day's climate is exactly as the way God wants the climate to be. He made the heavens, he made the earth, he made the moon, he made the stars, he made the sun, and they operate in accordance to his will and his time and his plan, not man's. And that's something that we have to know and understand. And if we look on over to verse 26 of this same chapter, the creation is what this is. It says, And God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over all the creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. God made man and woman. Period. And all of these things in creation, from the sun and moon and stars to man and all the beasts that were ever created, have a purpose in God's plan. And we know, if we know anything according to our studies in the scriptures, that God's plan will be carried out regardless of man's participation in it. And that's what we have to understand in our path moving forward. As we look at this a little more in depth today, we know that God had a purpose. We learned even at Easter, the cross has a purpose. It's for our redemption. Man broke away from God in sinfulness, Adam and Eve there, not too many verses away from what we just read, and brought the curse of sin upon mankind and put that gulf of sin between us and God, and we have been struggling with that gulf, not getting narrower with each generation, but we have widened that gap with each generation. And it's because we have we have deviated from the truth of God's word. And that's what we need as a country, as people, as individuals, families. We all need to get back to that same path moving forward, which is strictly adhering to God's word and the truths therein. Turn with me now over to Luke chapter 19. And uh, we're going to look at Luke and, and Mark here, two separate scriptures. Luke 19, 10. We're going to, again... We're talking about our path forward. Luke 19, verse 10. Jesus says this, The Son of Man is come to seek and save that which was lost. That's why Jesus came. To seek and to save that which is lost. And we call ourselves Christians, modeling ourselves after the life and behavior of Christ. Our path moving forward has to contain the fact that we must be here to seek and save that which is lost. And to back that point up, if you look in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, and it should be the same slide there. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So if Christ came to seek and save that which was lost and we are Christians, 
modeling ourselves after the behavior and pattern of Christ, and he gives us the commission to go and preach the gospel to all the world, all the living creatures, where does that make our path forward obviously go? Our path forward is to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, to seek and to save that which is lost. And oftentimes we think about that, we don't want to include ourselves or maybe our families in, into that seeking and saving that which was lost. We want to put that outside of our doors. Well, I need to go out and make sure that so-and-so or so-and-so, but the first thing that we need to do in the seeking and the saving is make sure that we're not part of that which is lost. We have to make sure that we ourselves are adhering to the truths of the gospel. Turn with me over into Acts chapter 1, and I want to try to look at four points this morning that show us what the path forward is. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus at the ascension tells his disciples this. He says, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me to both in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And we know that Jesus' disciples took that mission that Jesus gave them very seriously. It cost them every one their lives. Do we ever think about that? That's how serious they were about what Jesus said. It cost them their physical lives. And John, being the last, died on the island of Padmos in prison, a prison island. The rest of them didn't have that luxury. They were all executed in some form or fashion because of what Jesus' commission was to them. They sacrificed the thing that we all hold most dear, life, correct? I mean, none of us want to die in one minute before we're supposed to die. These men willingly gave their lives to spread the gospel of Christ. Now, I want us to move from thinking about our physical lives, which they willingly gave. What is it that we willingly sacrifice that we would like to do, want to do, enjoy doing? What is it that we willingly sacrifice in order to spread the gospel, to make ourselves more available to spread the gospel of Christ? I'm not asking you to go out and make, be a martyr. I'm not asking you to, to buy a ticket and go over to Iran or Iraq or India or Pakistan or Afghanistan, someplace that they, they murder Christians, that they limit Christians in what they're able to do, especially when it comes to spreading the gospel. I'm not asking you to do that because when Jesus said go, we're going to be his witnesses to the uttermost parts of the earth, where you live is the uttermost part of the earth for you. Where you travel, where you go, the people that you connect with, that is the uttermost parts of the earth. And that's how come this call is still valid today. So ask yourself, what is it that I am doing that I am giving up so that I can make myself more available to serve God? Because we have that pattern to follow. We have that pattern to follow and we have the call from Jesus Christ who we model ourselves after that says that we're supposed to be doing this. So what is it that we do? How is it that our path is an outward path? Is what we have to ask ourselves. 
how far will we go to do the job that God appointed us to? Some, some people go into the mission field today even. Some people even risk their lives to spread the gospel of Christ. Remember uh, the, the guest that we had here not too long ago. There are people that still do what the disciples did at the same risk of the disciples, but that's not what we're asking today. We're asking, what is it that you're doing to achieve this? Think about what Peter and John were told. Do we remember? We remember in Acts chapter 4, just over just a little bit there, Acts chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, And they called them and commanded them not to speak nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge you or judge ye. Are we, are we guilty of following what the Pharisees told Peter and John to do? Not speaking or teaching? at all because right now it's not outlawed in our country to do that right now it's not being regulated to do that but it could come a day when it could be you say well Rob I, I think you're re overreacting a little bit no I don't think I'm overreacting because here's why all of this anti-hate anti-hate movements that's going on and I don't think there should be hate for anyone the only thing that we're allowed to hate as Christians is sin that's what we hate is sin not the sinner but sin but we also adhere to the truths of the Bible which tells us about creation that God created man and woman and they have a purpose but our society says nope People have the right to choose whatever they want to be. And because that you disagree with that, that is hate. That is hate. And you can't preach that truth of the Bible. You can't speak in the name of Jesus or teach in the name of Jesus at all because that is hate. And if you do, we will charge you with a hate crime. That's how this will happen, folks. That's how this will happen. And it's not if, it's when. Because it is coming. Slowly but surely. Rob, I think you're overreacting. Really? Do you think the generation that was born in the 20s would have ever believed that we would have voted to take prayer and Bible reading out of schools? Oh, you're overreacting when you say they're going to do that. They'll never take that out of there. Do you think that the generations that was born in the 30s and 40s would have ever thought that we would have legalized uh, homosexual marriage in this country? Oh, you're overreacting, Rob. That's never going to happen in this country. So we can no longer keep the blinders on, folks. What I'm saying is there's a day coming whenever people will not be able to stand and preach the gospel because it will be labeled hate speech because people refuse to hear the truth of the Bible. Just like Peter and John were told not to teach or preach at all in the name of Jesus Christ, that day is coming for Americans. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that 
I live to be the ripe old age of 100 years old, and somebody comes up and says, Rob, you remember that time that you said this was coming? Look, it never happened. Well, that's great. For those types of things, I'm willing to be wrong, and happily so. But we have to remember, our call is to be outward. If they tell us not to teach, not to preach in the name of Jesus at all, we must respond in the same way. If it's right before God, I'll let you judge. I have to, to teach. I have to preach. That's what I'm called to do as a Christian. Our focus, that path, is also an inward path for us. Turn over to 2 Peter 3.18, you know, I talked about earlier there that the, all the disciples gave up their lives. This was the last words that Peter wrote before he was a martyr, before he was crucified upside down, as it's told. These are the last words, the last thing, you know, I've talked about this before. If you had the opportunity to know it was your last moment, what would you say? What would you say? Well, Peter said this, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. That was the last things he wanted people to hear. And I think that's wonderful advice for us to grow in grace and in knowledge. Because certainly one thing that our generations in the past or up to this point today have not done is grown in grace and knowledge. If we had been growing in the grace of God and the grace of Jesus Christ, we wouldn't be having people running around saying stop such and such hate. Because I don't ever remember Jesus teaching us how to hate people. And if we've been growing in knowledge, we would have known that God is no respecter of persons there's only two types of people in the world according to God. Those that are saved and those that are lost. The sheep and the goats. That's how they're separated. Nothing else. So if we had been growing in the grace and the knowledge of God, as Peter encouraged them in his last words that he wrote, do you think that we would be in the same place we are today? I don't think so. I think we'd be better off as a nation. That inward purpose helps us to grow. Helps us to learn to reach out and, and help people more. When we grow in the grace that Christ is and the grace that God extended, then we ourselves are able to extend that kind of grace to other people. And therefore, being that model of Christ. That's the inward portion of our path. Yes, we have to be focusing on the outside of the world because that's what Jesus called us to do. But we're also called to grow. Why would we need to grow? Why would we need to grow? You ever think about that? Why do I need to grow personally? I mean, we teach the kids down in Sunday school certain sets of lessons, don't we? How offended would you be if we started teaching the adults, started handing out coloring books and coloring pages and, and stuff for everybody upstairs? Wouldn't you think, well, Rob, I've kind of moved a little bit beyond the coloring books and, and these real simple lessons. Exactly. 
<laughs> exactly my point. We have to grow beyond the coloring books, the simplicity of things. We have to continue to grow in grace and knowledge on that inward part of moving forward. And it's onward, which is a whole lot like this as well. Look at Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. Hebrew writer says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from the dead works and of faith toward God. That's what he's talking about. Leaving the elementary teachings... And moving on forward. A whole lot like the inward part. But we have to be willing to acknowledge that foundation. And, and think about that. And when, he's, when he says dead works, he's talking about the dead works of the old covenant sacrificial system. But when you look at this scripture, I think about like if I were going to build a house, the first thing you do is build a foundation, right? You have a good foundation in place. If you stop at building the foundation, do you have a house? No. You have a foundation. You have a beginnings of a house. You had intentions to build a house, but you don't have a house. And that's what he's saying. Don't allow yourselves to stop at foundational teachings where you're growing. You have to go beyond that. You have to put the floor joist on next. Your subfloor, then you frame up your walls and, and your rafters and you put you get it all dried in. Those are all processes of building a home. I know I'm not here to teach you carpentry, but I want you to understand that our Christian walk is the same way. We have to start with fundamental teaching. We've got to build the foundation, Jesus Christ, who he is. And then we got to be able to build each section and each section until we are finally completed with the structure. We're that same way, growing in grace and knowledge, inward, onward. God never intended for us to stand still. Many people, sadly, and that's part of this path moving forward. How many people can we remember just in the 20 years or so, past 20 years, that have come into our church, been here for just a little short time, made a confession of faith, were baptized, and they never come back. Why? The foundation has started, but that didn't build a home, did it? That didn't build a house. So you see, we have to continue to move on forward. We have to continue to teach. We have to continue to study. We have to continue to do what God called us to do, what Christ taught us to do. And that reflects that obedience to Jesus. Because people see what we do. Is that some of the reason why people don't come back to church? That, well, so many of the others don't come back. Possibly. Is it because the foundation was hurriedly put together? And maybe they didn't have the solid foundation of truth and knowledge about what Jesus was and what it means to be a Christian. I think that's probably more the case. So we have to understand, we have to be moving onward as well as this inward 
We have to be active in our relationship with God. Oh, well, Rob, I can, I can worship God wherever I am. True. True. I have not found the scriptures that says, Forsake not ye the assembling of yourselves at the beach. Forsake not ye the assembling of yourselves at the lake. Forsake not ye the assembling of yourselves at the movie theater. If they're there, tell me so I can make a correction. So what I'm saying is this. We can always find activities. Nothing wrong with going, let me back up here. Nothing wrong with going to the beach. Nothing wrong with going to the lake. Nothing wrong with going to the movies. But my point is you can always find an activity to take the place of church when you're looking for an activity to take the place of church. Nothing wrong going on vacation. Nothing wrong going on a trip, fishing trip. Nothing wrong going to the movie theater. But whenever you do that in preference to God, there's a problem. And that's the point of all of this. We have to grow in our relationship with God, and that means that we sacrifice. Remember back to the first point. That means that we are willing to, willingly willing to give up something so that we can serve God in some form or fashion. And lastly, lastly, as we were singing Mansions Over the Hilltop, I was thinking about this, this portion. I said, well, that go really good with this. John 14, 28. John chapter 14, verse 28. Our path is upward, folks. Our path is upward. And that's what we have to remember. That's what we have to have faith in. That's what we have to put our trust and hope in. Because listen to what Jesus says. You have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. And if you love me, you would rejoice because I said I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. Now, if you look back over to the first part of this chapter, verse 2 in specific, specifically, I don't have the slide up here. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Our path is upward. If this, was, if this world, if this life was all there is, this is if this was it, if what the atheists believe that you just die, you, you're buried, nothing else comes of this, nothing, there's nothing, there's no punishment for sin, there's no reward for, for uh, obedience to God's word, if that were true, I wouldn't be here. If this is all there was, but it's not. We have people living in the world that believe that this is all there is because look at how they're, they're acting. Look at what they're doing. They don't believe that there is anything beyond this life. Jesus says contrary. Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. He said, I'm going to go prepare one for you, and then I'm coming back and getting you so that you can be where I am. That's my hope, that this is not all there is. And that's part of the main part of the path forward. If we really believe that, we're going to tell people about it, aren't we? If we really believe what God says is true, 
If we really believe that every word in this Bible is true, then our lives are going to dictate that belief in the way that we live them. We're going to follow Jesus' commission, and we're going to tell everybody about Christ. We're going to tell everybody about his saving work on the cross. We're going to continue to study his word so that we can grow in grace and knowledge. We're going to continue to try to improve our relationship with God so that we might be able to put away the elementary teachings and grow more so that we can be of more service, better service to God himself. Because our path is upward. We have to believe and live our lives in the expectation of a reward. Now we're all in for that, aren't we? Well, I'm all in for getting to go to heaven. But what we don't want to acknowledge is that the failure to accept Christ as your Savior, the failure to stand in front of God on Judgment Day without Jesus as your advocate means the opposite reaction, which is punishment. Everybody's all for a preacher to stand up here and tell you how good things are going to be in the future and how everybody's going to go to heaven. When we sing the song, when we all get to heaven, don't we? But who's the all? The all's not everybody. The all is the called out, the faithful. Those that are covered by the blood of the Lamb. That's the all. But the world thinks they're the all. Why? It all goes back to the first thing. Because we're not following the truths of the Scripture. Surely a loving God will not punish someone to hell. Surely that's exactly what the Bible says. But we want to deviate from that truth. There are plenty of teachers, there are plenty of preachers that will not preach the truth of the gospel. Why? Why, does that, why do they want to try to change or make more appealing to man what the gospel says about our lives, our behavior, what we have to do, what we should do, what we shouldn't do? Why do people feel the necessity to change that? Because they're a false teacher. We call the duck a duck, folks. They're a false teacher. They deny the power of God's word and the truth of it. And they alter it to suit their own needs. And they gather people in that wants to hear that type of, type of preaching. They never hear the truth. Where does that come from? Scripture tells us. That's why we cannot deviate from the truth of God's word because once you deviate one little bit, then you're going to deviate a broad path that you don't want to be going down where we are as a country today. So adhere to the truth of God's word. If the Bible says it's, it's true, don't doubt it. Don't allow anyone to make you think that, it's, that you're some kind of... Uh, Wacko out there that believes all those fables that's in the Bible. See them, see them called as fables a whole lot in the studies and research and, and stories that I read. Fables. Aesop wrote some fables. The Bible is true. But we have allowed our society to make us deviate from it. And we've accepted it. 
So our path forward as Christians is to adhere, learn and grow, impact people. Well, I even wrote them down. Here's what it is. Seek and introduce the lost to Jesus. That's what he said for us to do, wasn't it? Grow in our relationship and knowledge. Let others see and be affected by us. You ever think about how you affect another person when it comes to Christianity? You ever think about that? What kind of effect do I have on somebody else that would be watching or, or, or just kind of keeping an eye on me or I want to follow their example, whatever they do? Are you leading a good one? And then finally, live and work like there's a heaven and you want to be there. You ever thought about that? Do I live like there's a heaven and I want to be there? Because that's what we're called to do. And you can't be in heaven unless you have accepted Jesus Christ while you're here on the earth. You can't be in heaven tomorrow if you don't accept Jesus today, so to speak. While you have the opportunity, when you have heard the gospel, when you have been believed the gospel, when you're willing to, to uh, allow your life to be affected by the gospel, the truth of that, you have to accept him. Hearing, believing, confessing him as Savior, repenting of your sins, being buried with him in baptism, receiving the Holy Ghost. Remember what Jesus said in, in Acts when he was ascending? You will soon have power of the Holy Ghost. It's the same Holy Ghost, folks. It's not two. There's one. And the same Holy Ghost that empowered the 11 or 12, and then as it grew on, is the same Holy Ghost that we receive when we're raised up out of, out of, the, out of the baptismary. We're raised up out of that water, creating a new a creature, having have our sins forgiven. It's the same Holy Ghost that we're guided by. You realize that, don't you? And then we walk faithful, moving forward on our path. Now, maybe you're a Christian, and maybe you realize that through our study this morning that, hey, you know what? I've kind of stepped off the path a little bit. Well, heaven's sake, get on it. Get on the path. Just because you stepped off don't mean you can't step back on. Especially now that you've had something revealed to you. So get back on the path. It's the only way you're going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into thy reward. That's it. Not my rules. It's God's rules. And I make no apology for it. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. Jesus is calling, number 321, first and the fourth verse of this hymn. If you have a decision to make, would you come as we stand and sing?